Welcome to Cybersecurity Insights and Perspectives. I'm your host, Kevin Green. Today we have industry experts with the insights and perspectives on the latest cybersecurity news that affects your agency and organization. Today we have Amit Uran, president at RSA. Good day, Amit. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Kevin. How are you? Pretty good. Thanks for joining us on our podcast today. I think we have a very, very interesting conversation lined up. I'm excited. Amit, I want to get your thoughts on your keynote that you did this year at RSA 16. You indicated that uh, we just can't apply some bling and hope that revolutionary, revolutionary technology will come and save us. The question I have for you is where, where is or where are the revolutionary technologies? It's, it's, uh, it's a great question. I think the security industry has been aggressively looking and I think continues to aggressively look for new approaches. In the past, uh, the past several years have highlighted nothing for us. It's that the traditional approaches to security, the traditional firewall or even next-gen firewall, antivirus or even sandboxing and intrusion detection types and intrusion protection types of uh, systems can't keep out a focused adversary. And that's why we need to see a greater level of innovation. We need to see new concepts, new security paradigms springing up. How should we be thinking about our problems and our adversaries differently so that we can be more successful? I mean, you guys are doing a lot in the federal space. Can you talk a little bit about what RSA is doing to help the federal government better secure their systems and improve their cybersecurity capabilities? RSA is actively engaged with the U.S. federal government on a number of different fronts. The three areas where we're working at a foundational level with the government are obviously in the area of strong multi-factor authentication. RSA provides you know, the standard, the gold standard, if you will, when it comes to strong multi-factor auth with secure ID, and now enabling those technologies to authenticate internally to the enterprise but also using more modern form factors, lighter weight, easier to use form factors, uh, and helping them authenticate not only internal to the enterprise, but externally to the cloud. Uh, another area where we're working very closely with the federal government is in the area of visibility and security analytics. The NetWitness technology in particular uh, has a tremendous customer base in the federal space, really helping the security teams across the federal government understand what advanced threat actors are doing in their environment, help them see the threat actors in a different way, uh, and helping them understanding the scope of compromise in a very different way than has been done traditionally using log-based visibility uh, tools and, and technologies. Uh, a tremendous amount of work going on to, these days in the NetWitness space to not only help with the visibility and scope of compromise, but also adding in automated methods to detect advanced threat breaches uh, in a much more timely fashion. The third area we're working very closely with the federal government is in the governance risk and compliance space with the Archer platform. Uh, Archer has a tremendous uh, customer base in both the commercial and federal space. Uh, in the federal government, as there are increasing both regulatory scrutiny, uh, inspector general oversight, but also, I think, a desire for greater 
program management and metrics around security programs. Uh, Archer provides a very logical uh, and robust set of capabilities in those continuous monitoring efforts. Speaking of visibility, analytics, and threat intelligence, you said that security needs a wake-up call. There should be more uh, focus on detection and response. So the question I asked you, I want to ask you is, should we just give up on prevention? And what are your thoughts about the role prevention plays in mitigating cybersecurity threats in today's world? Prevention is absolutely critical. And hopefully the comments that I made at conference don't imply otherwise. Uh, we need to protect our systems. We need to deploy forward-leaning, protective measures in a defense-in-depth type of strategy uh, so that these layers of protection can really complement one another. The naive approach that I advocate uh, we discontinue is to invest myopically in these preventative technologies. Every single organization, every single government agency that was breached, a vast supermajority of these cases already had next-gen firewalls, already had malware sandboxing technologies, already had a SIM, an intrusion detection and prevention systems in place. So despite the vendor marketing, right, the security teams at these agencies, as with so many in the private sector, need to realize that these preventative technologies are not an advanced threat strategy. We've got to do more. We've ha we have to apply these protections. We have to improve our hygiene. But we also have to understand that focused adversaries, such as those the federal government faces, and many in the commercial sector face, are still going to gain access. And we need to monitor differently. And we need to shore up other functions to do the monitoring and detection so that we're not waking up 200 and five or 217 days into an intrusion or years into an intrusion and realize that all of the records have already been sucked out of the agency, whether the compromise is pervasive across the enterprise. So I'm not saying don't invest in protection. I'm saying don't invest myopically in protection to the exclusion of a balanced scorecard around visibility, monitoring, response. No, I think that's great. I think, you know, a, a really good, sophisticated, mature cyber program really has great balance. And it kind of, you know, has, you know, a blend of protection, prevention, um, response and detection. I definitely agree. You know, a lot has changed from the cybersecurity landscape perspective since your days at RipTech, NetWitness, DHS. What are some things that have gotten worse, improved and are trending? That's a great question. I think the security landscape has really evolved over the past uh, <laughs> couple of decades. God, I guess I'm getting old, uh, up there in years when I'm measuring the industry's progress over decades. The, there's, a, there's, a, there's a number of fundamental things which are different today uh, than they were previously. I think the two trends that are probably strongest aren't necessarily what the security industry are doing. It's what's occurring around the security industry. So when you look at organizations use and leverage of technology technology is now core to how our enterprises how our organizations operate whether you're in a federal department or agency whether you're at a bank 
whether you're a pharmaceutical, a retailer, technology is absolutely core to our businesses. Technology risk equals business risk. All of the crown jewels, all of the assets are online. Uh, and so that core use of technology is not only evolving risk, but evolving at a different pace, right? It's not just, hey, we're deploying enterprise systems, enterprise architectures the way we were years ago. It's that enterprise architectures are much more nimble and much more dynamic than they used to be. Use of cloud-based, private cloud, hybrid cloud, public cloud infrastructures is changing at a much faster pace. The user population and their expectations are changing at a faster pace. The data sets available to us, suppliers, vendors, uh, are changing at a faster pace, which has significant implications on one's security strategy, or should. Uh, the second trend uh, that I think really flows across uh, the security industry isn't necessarily what we're doing as so much so as what is happening in the threat environment. At the same time, our organizations are embracing a much more agile, much more dynamic uh, set of technologies with fewer control points, fewer anchor points, uh, a, a faster pace, much more dynamism, which ultimately is making our organizations more agile and more capable and more competitive uh, the threat landscape is also evolving. So we have increasing exposure on the one hand and a literal explosion of not only the number of threat actors, the types of threat actors, and the sophistication of threat actors. We saw years ago it was about conducting an exploit, abusing somebody's hygiene. Then we saw threats evolve to zero-day techniques. We saw an explosion of, of spear phishing and credential compromise. And I think the trend uh, that, or, or the, the way I would characterize uh, the threat evolution is that we now face a regular series of attack campaigns. So there are focused adversaries that have the skill and have the patience, they have the intent they're going to knock on the front door. They're going to knock, knock on the side door. They're going to break a window. They're going to climb down the chimney. They're going to come up. They're going to dig trenches. They're coming up with all sorts of creative ways, and some of them multiple techniques in concert uh, in a sophisticated campaign to get to their objective. And that used to be the work of our and maybe a few other sophisticated uh, intelligence community actors in the cyber domain. Now it is the commonplace for almost every nation state uh, and also a lot of the cyber criminals that we deal with. We see them orchestrating these sophisticated campaigns to get to the targets. So these two trends that are occurring around the security industry, around threat and around risk and how our organizations are embracing and using technology differently, really create a multiplier effect and, and an impetus should provide an impetus for the security industry to change much more aggressively than we've been doing uh, historically. Can you, can you pinpoint one or two things that have gotten worse uh, since uh, the landscape has been evolving? Can you pinpoint one or two things? Uh, on the threat side, it's the shift from individual attacks, uh, individual exploits, to campaigns. I think the uh, Stuxnet is a great example 
provided not only the blueprint for uh, compromise of control system, which was significant in and of itself for the world to know about, including uh, uh, the bad threat actors, but also more importantly provided a strategic way of thinking about attack campaigns that is significantly different than what bad a lot of bad threat actors were doing uh, prior to that. The level of sophistication, the level of coordination, the way the components of the campaign fit together to increase impact or increase probability of success, uh, I think created a blueprint, if you will, for the modern threat campaign. Hey, me, it's been good talking to you today. But before I let go, I wanted to get your thoughts on what can we expect from RSA for the remainder of the year and as well as 2017? Uh, RSA is under an aggressive uh, transformation. We've made strategic and deliberate decisions to get out of uh, many product lines where we had significant, you know, uh, product uh, lines, uh, revenue streams, customer bases, and even, you know, very competitive products. Things like our crypto business, things like our uh, DLP business, no longer viewing those as strategic assets, no longer investing in, in furthering, enhancing those, and no longer out in the market selling those products. RSA is increasingly laser-focused on innovating and increasing the level of resourcing that we're doing to innovate much more aggressively in the three key domains that we believe are our future and the future to our customer success in security in the world of authentication and identity management in these large and complex hybrid cloud uh, environments, in the world of uh, visibility and security analytics, monitoring what's happening in the enterprise, in the cloud environments, on the networks, from log data, on the endpoint, to give people the visibility, but ultimately to help them with the security analytics to discover these advanced threat compromises or the bad practices that are happening in their environment before they lead to compromise. And then ultimately, in the governance, risk, and compliance segment, helping people to prioritize and provide a professional level of metrics and program management for their technology and business and operational risk uh, so that they can continue to operate in a smart and well-informed way in the face of these dynamic threats. Hey, man, I appreciate your time. Uh, keep up the good work, and I look forward to seeing you around in the industry. Kevin, great speaking with you. Look forward to it. Thank you, sir. Well, I think we have to wrap it up here. I want to thank our guest today, Amit Yuran. We also want to thank our listeners for tuning in to Cybersecurity Insights and Perspectives on FedScoot Radio with your host, Kevin Green. Until next time, peace.